Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Reformation Lutheran Church in Las Vegas. Our reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A few months back, as I was saying, in the great quarantine of 2020, we were spending time with Ivy's mother, who lives here in Las Vegas, and Since she's been out of work, she's enjoyed having our kids over to play, to relax, to spend some time together. And she had purchased an outdoor playground with swings and a slide earlier in the year, and it was sitting there in her house in a box, unassembled. So I knew what I had to do. I went, got my tools, and spent one late afternoon and into the early evening after it had gotten dark putting this thing together. Seemed simple enough, good directions, maybe, but as is often the case, it was missing some of the pieces. So playtime would have to wait. We had to special order a few parts, and after a couple of weeks, when they finally came in, we were able to get this thing fully assembled, and the kids could go outside and play. Kids got to try it out, and as the summer was approaching, the weather was getting hotter, They had their tablets, their video games inside the house, other things calling their name and attention. They played for about 20 minutes. That's how it goes. And as the months dragged on and they would go and visit grandma, the smaller ones would still go outside. They would play on the swing set. They would have fun on the playground in short bursts, maybe running the garden hose down the slide to turn it into a water park, climbing to the top of the playground like a mountain climber or fighting over the swings but I wonder if it really gets used as much as it should. Forgiveness is like that. When we have been offended or betrayed or injured, we can get stuck in feelings of anger or hold a grudge that wears away at us or remain longing for vengeance that will not satisfy. We get stuck because of that pain. We're unable to get out of it, unable to move forward on our own, and it turns into bitterness that only hurts us. It does no good. Today we hear Paul writing to his friends, this beloved community of faith in Corinth, calling on them to forgive someone for something. And we're not quite sure what happened there, One scholar notes that there was a leader of the opposition who insulted Paul personally, who had been brought to discipline by the people of God in the Corinthian church. Maybe there were others who wanted a harsher punishment. So Paul had written a letter to admonish them and now writes that they should forgive the one who caused this offense. What is a Christian who does not forgive? Giving and receiving forgiveness is central to what it means to follow Jesus, who has forgiven us and does forgive us so often. This is what Jesus does for us. This is what the cross is about. This is the true power that we have through the Holy Spirit to live and forgive and move forward in in life as the body of Christ. How can we love if we cannot forgive How can we be faithful if we have something against one of our siblings? How can we experience and demonstrate this grace 
that we have received, this good news that we have heard, if we do not forgive those who have hurt us. Forgiveness is the power of Christ in us, this most precious gift that sets us apart from the world because it's countercultural, isn't it? And it's not easy. There are some things that are more difficult to forgive than others. And we may struggle to forgive those who inflicted particular trauma on us and the ones we love over a lifetime. But forgiveness is this power to be unstuck, to be freed from pain that traps us in cycles of fear and hate and selfishness. And it's right there waiting for us to use it. Paul urges the church to reaffirm their love for this one who had committed the offense. And to do so would allow the church to move forward, to take the next faithful step, and to stand in the word that was given to them. The forgiveness of their sins through Jesus Christ. That's what forgiveness does for us. Forgiveness frees us and protects us from threats of those who would injure community. Forgiveness frees us and promotes healing and goodwill. Forgiveness frees us and opens a path to the future. All these things and more. But I want to talk about these three. Forgiveness frees us and protects us from threats of those who would injure community, for those who would cause division and anxiety and angst. In Paul's case, he called on the community to forgive the one who had caused the offense rather than seek a greater reprimand for the sake of fellowship, for keeping the early church focused on the main thing, the gospel and the life under the cross. We know that God's grace and forgiveness for us is freely given, without hesitation, without merit. And in this way, Paul writes that the one who has caused the insult should also be extended grace, freely forgiven for the community's sake and for his own. I know that if I'm having an argument with my spouse, which does happen from time to time, shocking, I know, that I have the ability to either escalate the tension or de-escalate. And I know how to push buttons that will make her more angry. She knows how to push mine too. I know what to do if I want to prolong the argument, just as I know most of the time, what to say or do to bring about peace sometimes more difficult than others. And sometimes those who attempt to cause disruption are pushing our buttons, right? Hoping to drag out the battle, hoping to make it worse for whatever reason. And it may be difficult at times, but we can be ones who in faith repent, who ask for forgiveness ourselves, who forgive ones who have hurt us. Forgiveness frees us and promotes healing and goodwill. Every week here in this place, we confess that we've fallen short of the glory of God. We have failed to do the things we know we should. And we speak out loud at least some of the ways that we have turned away from our neighbors, have done what we should not do, have not done what was needed. And we do this together with the understanding that each of us has our own personal failures that we'd rather not air out in the presence of the congregation and the whole internet. But we recognize that each one of us has broken bonds of relationship, lived out of our selfish nature, held on to grudges and been less than gracious at times. 
As a church, we do retain the right of individual confession and forgiveness. And I, and I'm sure Pastor Matt, have at times been able to listen when there is a need for more in-depth and specific confession. When we share the sins that burden us, either together or individually, and we hear God's word of forgiveness, God's absolution, we can more readily be the community that God calls us to be, that God has formed us to be here. When you hear that the entirety of your sins are forgiven, in the name of Jesus Christ, you may be more able to share that word of grace, to walk with confidence, ready to serve gracefully, to welcome others in hospitality, to be free to work for justice in the world, to be free from the burden and guilt of those sins. Forgiveness frees us and opens a path to the future. When we're stuck in our sins, our own guilt, holding on to a grudge, or we fail to see the good things around us, we may miss out on opportunities to heal others, to help make a difference, to be present and share in the laughter of our children, to care for aging adults, to feed a hungry neighbor. Our pain and anger just consumes us. Without forgiveness, we can become obsessed with this one who's done wrong to us. It's like the plot of every Batman movie. Am I right? Amen? Without forgiveness, we we get obsessed. We get stuck. We're stopped in our tracks. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray that we would be forgiven as we forgive others. When I was in seminary, I had about three seminary presidents. It just so happened. One was outgoing, and we had an interim president, and then we got a new one. Uh, one of them, his name was David Titi, fantastic theologian and author, scholar, writes that forgiveness is the way of life because it is the way of God's kingdom. In teaching his friends to pray, Jesus anticipated that there would be trials ahead and many opportunities to forgive those who had sinned against us. Only as we are able to forgive can we move forward in faith, to love God, to live and serve the ones God loves, and to see the goodness of the Lord in our lifetime. Getting unstuck happens when we forgive. And if it were easy, sure, the Corinthian church would just have known what to do. They'd forgive the one who caused the trouble and welcome him back into the community. They'd have a potluck, move on, all the better for the struggle. But we know it's not that easy. So Paul provides this pastoral care for them that they sorely needed. And the apostle calls them back to the word of grace, this word of God and the gospel of grace that he had shared with them. So he's leading by example. He's providing them this opportunity to seek reconciliation and even embrace those who had desired a different outcome. He lifted up joy consolation, healing, and obedience in the knowledge that these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we get worn down by the pain of the world and online arguments or family squabbles, these things happen, and maybe more now, maybe there's this kind of general anxiety that's hanging over us this year, this long, long year. And the hurts inflicted upon us add up, and we want to give up we can hear another word straight from Jesus to his buddy Rocky. That's Peter. 
who asked if seven was the magic number of times we ought to forgive our enemies. Many of the teachers of the time taught that three was great. Three was enough. This comes from the prophet Amos. Peter offered up that he would forgive seven times, which might have seemed extravagant to him. Seven times and then no more chances after that. That's enough. Canceled. But Jesus corrects him and says, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. It's absurdly more than Peter expected. In this word, Jesus calls us to do the same. Just keep going. Keep pushing through conflicts. You might learn something. Forgive ones who hurt you. Just keep forgiving. Just keep loving each other. This is the kingdom of which we are a part. It's not what the world does. We know that. It's not what we'd like, but it's who we are, givers of what we have received, grace upon grace. More chances than we deserve. But forgiveness is like that playground. Without all the parts and pieces, it's not a lot of fun. And it took a lot of work to build. It's sitting out there in the backyard, just waiting for the kids to come and use it. It's not meant to be constructed and left out in the sun. It's meant for life, for joy, for bringing people together. That's what God wants for us, to be unstuck from our pain and our guilt and our worries and the conflicts in our lives, to be faithful enough to forgive, to trust that God in Christ is with us, giving us what we need drawing us into community, making us the body of Christ every moment of every day through the living word. To be unstuck, forgiven and freed, ready for faithful service always. Amen.